Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve. Hello, my name is Sherry Budziak, and I am the host of the Association 4.0 podcast. I'm also co-founder of .org Community and founder and CEO of .org Source, a consultancy to associations. Today, my guest is Terrence Sykes. Terrence is the Chief Growth Officer at the Emergency Nurses Association. The Emergency Nurses Association is a premier professional nursing association dedicated to defining the future of emergency nursing through advocacy, education, research, innovation, and leadership. So I am so excited to welcome Terrence. I know this is going to be a fun conversation. Thanks for having me. I've got a lot to live up to after that uh, intro. <laughs> <laughs> so Terrence, tell us about um, ENA and your responsibilities and kind of your professional uh, journey to give us some background for the audience. Sure, sure thing. I mean, as you said, I'm a chief growth officer uh, for ENA. Um, really, what that means, at least what it means to me, is is bringing the entire organization's growth strategy into perspective and help chart the course uh, for us to grow. And you know, typically when we grow, people think um, you know money first, and money is one of those things. But when we talk about growing, it's growing your membership. Right, it's growing your partners, it's growing your vendors, it's growing your, every aspect of what we do. We want to grow and do that really purposefully and intentionally. So that's that growth part. Um, you know, reporting into me is is pretty fun. I have our PR and communications. Uh, I've got our marketing team, and so that's a really good combination. Uh, business development, sales piece. Um, so that's really fun. Uh, one of the other things I, I think that I really enjoy is our creative team um, reports in, and I think that adds a lot of value uh, to my division overall and what we do and how we try to create. And always telling you the tip of the sword of what's happening uh, for ENA. And um, but yeah, it, it's been a, a fun time. You know, the foundation reports into me as well, and then all the international strategy. So uh, when we start talking growth. Uh, it used to be that say um, all uh, non-news revenue, uh, but now that you know we have uh, membership uh, in my division, I can no longer say that. So that's pretty exciting. Wow, that's great. That's yeah, that's a lot. I guess um, uh, yeah. Now marketing touches everything. So <laughs> it does. Right? Yes, it does. Uh, but uh, so. Um, ENA obviously went through a lot um, during the pandemic and, you know, it kind of changed our perspective on so many issues. Um, and so I'm just curious, how has your outlook on growing relationships and revenue shifted over the last couple of years and what might you be doing a little bit differently today? So, um, you know, I guess I would say one of those things is probably, uh, it may sound cliche-ish, but uh, Customer focused, member focused. Uh, you know, I think you know people know um, sort of the, uh, the the what we do, how we do it. Uh, but I think our focus, one of the things that's changed, is is the why we do it. Mm -hmm. Not that the why has changed, but it's understanding the why 
uh, you know, people, that's where people purchase from, that's where people join from, is that why and that impact that you're making there. And so I, I think one of the things that have changed, and I think um, certainly throughout the industry, it needs to is just changing that focus and understanding your why so that you're bringing the best value to members, partners, uh, non-members to the, you know, we want to, uh, we are the resource for emergency nursing. Uh, we happen to have 50,000 uh, members, which is awesome. Um, so I, I think that's one way I think that things have, have really changed. Um, I think the other thing that's uh, changed is doing versus talking. Uh, you know, that sounds probably like very uh, simplistic, but uh, it should be. Uh, I think we are um, less risk adverse uh, and that plays a really uh, big important piece. So it's if you think about a program, uh, education or something new, it's develop it, pilot and test it, revise it and execute. Um, yeah. So you have to do that if you in today's world, I think. Um, and again, when you get to that why you'll understand and, and certainly others will too. Uh, of why you're doing it and the real meaning of it, um, and you'll you'll secure more. Yeah, I think that is one thing that we all learn. Like with associations, everybody had to take some risks, and it was okay, right? Like if something worked, you know, great. If it didn't, you shifted, and being able to kind of just be, you know, pretty agile, and um, and so that's great that you guys are still able to. To, to do that and not kind of revert back, which I know a lot of organizations kind of reverted back into their kind of comfort um, zones, yeah, I guess. It's, it's easy to do. You know, I think for us, um, we saw the ability to do more for the industry, uh, to be more. And, you know, even early in the pandemic, when we had to shift some things, uh, we made that shift um, pretty quickly. And uh, we made some of those shifts that we made become a, a staple within our portfolio. Um, and so I think that you have to continue to have that mindset um, of how you can do more, be more, grow, um, and be very uh, purposeful when doing it. Yeah, so that kind of leads me into my next uh, question for you. I think, you know, obviously innovation is really important in the digital marketplace today. Um, how do you inspire innovation amongst your team and how do you get kind of the ideas flowing? Yeah, there, there's a couple of ways, you know. Um, one, I just don't, um, uh, I really believe that no idea is, is a bad one, really. Um, we just have to figure out how to use it. Um, and, and so what we do within my division of responsibility and I would say, you know, throughout the organization does it differently, but in the same vein, um, we do some things from design thinking. Now, that's one of the nice things of having a creative team as a part of, of my division and really getting them involved in how to help think uh, that way. Uh, I'm going through uh, some compression planning. Uh, it's wonderful training if you uh, haven't heard of it or done it. And, um, I would encourage anyone in the growth space to to look at compression planning. And the idea uh, behind that is getting to better business decisions quicker. And, um, you know, when you do that, part of that is 
you know, so a lot of people do brainstorming, right? Um, and, and it's one of the faulty pieces of brainstorming that people do is they mix uh, creative thinking uh, and critical thinking. And I know that sounds pretty simple, but uh, to keep them separate, but many people mix them and it just doesn't work. You know, when you're trying to be creative and you bring a, a butt in there, you just close down the creative. Uh, what I tend to do with the team, um, you know, it sounds a little funny, but I'll put a, um, you know, a little drawing up there and I say, if on a scale of one to 10, uh, zero being, I don't want you to be creative at all. And 10 is being me up, Scotty, I want a 10. So no idea is bad. Let's get them down and then we'll, we'll build from there. Um, it's really a mindset, you know, I think uh, to, to think about creating innovation and the culture around it, um, it's just it's just a mindset in my mind and um, that I, I, I really um, think I challenge my team, uh, not just the leaders. Everyone has a place really when it comes to uh, creating a, an environment. I think, you know, the final thing I'd say around how do, how do I inspire the team? Um, it, it's part of, you know, our culture, really. And as long as you know, we have that, then um, I think we'll keep inspiring each other uh, in, in how we create and what we bring forward. And, um, and it's not always a product. It could be a process, how to do something better that way. Um, so, yeah, it, it's innovation is a, is a fun part. Uh, and you have to be willing to um, uh, be okay with uh, some failing at times. Well, you uh, you inspired me to kind of start thinking differently because I I can be creative, but then I can critique or I like it's just ingrained in me to critique every single thing. Like, how is this going to you know fail? Whatever. How do you fix it? Like, it's always like fixing that pieces of the puzzle. And just to get your mindset out of that for a moment. <laughs> you have like, to you have to take that step back because that the, the critical thinking, it does need to happen. Just not then. In the midst of the creation, you know, as soon as you, as I said, as soon as you use but, one of the things that, you know, I recently learned instead of when you're doing that creative and someone puts an idea out there, it's yes and. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to build off of what was just said and the idea that's put out there and really challenge the team on that. Yes and instead of, you know, but. Do you think that this, I mean, we start, the minute you introduce critical into the creative, you, you automatically go into a different space. So uh, challenge everyone, separate those, be very intentional and purposeful in it, and you'll see uh, a greater depth coming out of your session, uh, more rich ideas and thought before you actually go into uh, really think about being critical. Yeah, I love that. Um, so for you know, I think for most organizations, the hardest part of innovation is then delivering on these, you know, brilliant ideas, right? So what tips can you give us to ensure that that we can take concepts from that creative, imaginative side to all the way through implementation? Yeah, you know, I think um, that's a great question, Sherry. It's, uh, I think what I would say is, is don't be afraid to take risks and really accept that not every idea is going to work. Um, you have to be okay with it. You've got a test or concept uh, that has been developed and based on that test, you revise it as, uh, as you need to. Um, 
But the key, I think, to advancing your work or the idea is being open to failing. Um, that's not the, the goal isn't to fail, but if you're willing to, there's something on the other side of that that's greater. And I think that's, you know, it stops us a lot of times, um, you know, with those ideas. I think the other piece, too, is is when you um, allow others to to be a part of uh, that innovation and delivering on those ideas, you 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 sort of build this energy and this this um, um, opportunity for a lot of people to come along on that journey. And so many vested people are, are vested in, in what you're doing. So, you know, that's one of the things I would say is you don't be afraid to, to really go out there and fail. Uh, know that some of them won't work. Uh, listen, I have a lot of great ideas and I probably have some that aren't so great. Uh, you could walk down the hall um, at ENA, you know, one of my colleagues uh, over in the education space sees me like, oh, oh here comes an idea. And uh, <laughs> so that's great. I mean, I want us all to be open to, uh, new things. And, and that I think creates the innovation. Yeah. I had, um, I just, as you're talking, I recalled a organization we worked with many years ago, but we were working on a, on a, a, a product and the staff were just paralyzed about making a decision because they were so afraid to fail. And we had to actually bring the CEO in and a couple other senior staff to actually tell them it is okay if this you know, fails or you make a wrong decision and we've got to change something or whatever. But it was a real struggle because it wasn't that um, they were so as an organization risk adverse as a culture that taking on a big initiative without senior management in the room just kind of paralyzed them. So so having that culture, I think, you know, Terrence and that that, okay you know, nothing's, somebody told me one time at work, work, Sherry, no one's bleeding, no one's dying. It's okay. I'm like, right. Like, it's okay. You have to, you know, push through it uh, for sure. I mean, I have sitting in my office right now, a board full of ideas, um, you know, that we've did some with uh, our board, some with our senior staff and some with our leaders. And so I just have a ton of them there. Uh, just waiting to uh, pop up, and we've done some. I mean, you have ENA University that's come out. You have Engage as a company that ENA has uh, brought forward. Uh, so there are things that continue to uh, build from those ideas, and not everything is going to happen like right away. You have to then prioritize which ones uh, can can we do get to market quicker, uh, which ones can have a greater impact on the industry. So. There's a lot of reasons that you bring something, uh, make it a priority over others, but uh, getting to those ideas uh, and building from it is, is just so important. Yeah, well, you mentioned a, a couple of things that leads me to my next question of, you know, what strategies do you use to mitigate the risk and maximize those opportunities? You're talking about prioritizing or do you have some other tips for us on that? You know, risk is one of those um I think one thing I would say is you can't mitigate risk if you are working in a silo, uh, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's the big thing is you have to utilize uh, your colleagues, key stakeholders to add value uh, to that creative. Um, I, I think doing that, you know, so 
you have finance people involved, you have your education team involved, you have some operations, some business development. So all of those pieces come together in order to help mitigate uh, any risk because you're looking at it through other lens. Uh, and then finally, looking at it through that consumer uh, lens, I think is, is a real important one. You, you have to understand your market and understand the customer and you have to go back to that why again. Why are you doing what you're doing? Um, and, and those things will help you uh, mitigate your risk. But you have to go into this uh, not afraid uh, and, and putting yourself out there a bit. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever been upset with a staff member who came to me with a great idea or any idea uh, and said, that, that just won't work. It's too big of a risk. We got to look at it together and bring some other people to the table. And, and ultimately, for me, that's the fun piece. Let's create something. Let's bring some other folks in and let's, uh, let's turn these ideas to something that's not really going to work. That's great. Um, so before we started um, recording for the podcast, we were talking a little bit about ENA's culture. And you guys obviously have you have a reputation for putting culture and values at the top of the agenda. So um, I'm curious is how does that impact your leadership and your area of department responsibilities? Yeah, you know, it's been it's really a lot. I mean, you know, having uh, Nancy come in as uh, a CEO um, brought a lot of energy uh, to what we were doing, brought a lot of focus. Uh, and, and she worked with the organization to build this culture and create this culture. Uh, that I think you you've talked about and heard. I mean, it it really starts. Everything we do starts with culture. I mean, that's just the way it is where we are. How do you show up for your colleagues? How do you show up for your, the vendors or partners you have? It's really a guiding light to everything that we do and how we do it, um, and, and it allows us to get to and build that why around those things. And I've been really. Um, so excited to see the culture continue to grow and flourish even through the pandemic, to see that the energy is still there, that people still want to uh, come in and uh, enjoy what we do together. So the culture is just a, a big thing, and it's really allowed us uh, to uh, be willing to fail, uh, be willing to, um, you know, bring all ideas forward and, and not just do the talking. Let's do and and stop all talking. And so it's been it's been a lot of fun. I mean, when you think in terms of of trying to uh, what are things you want for your team and that empowerment piece. Uh, we were talking earlier of some some folks that you've worked with in the past that that felt almost uh, handcuffed uh, without that senior uh, group around. And that for us is just not something that uh, we that's okay with us. Our culture is not that. And so we work really hard at it every day to ensure um, the culture is um, feeling good for everyone. And, and the team has a responsibility for that culture, not just us as you know the senior team or leaders. It's, a, it's the organization's culture, which they're a part of. Yeah. The, um, I had a conversation on a podcast with Bridget, um, and we have a, a video that we, uh, Nancy was actually 
uh, presented at um, our, one of our solutions days. So we'll put that those in the notes. So if people want to hear more about how the culture was created at ENA and how you guys are living those values, um, people can listen to Bridget and or Nancy. So I'll definitely make sure that we get that included. Um, thanks, thanks for that. I encourage people to take a look at it. Yeah. So this may be a trick question. I don't know. So, but yeah. I like trick questions. Yeah. So what are your top three predictions for future trends and associations or association growth? Let's see here. That uh, That's a fun question. Um, I think one of the things that we've seen uh, in the uh, in the healthcare industry anyway, but I think you've seen it in, in banking as well. And that's sort of the, the merging uh, that you've seen, uh, some of the consolidating um, really for survival or, or just to be able to make that long-term impact and make it bigger. Uh, I think my first one would probably say, we'll see some of that uh, happening within the association world um, or some shrinking, you know, uh, I think, you know, greater alliances being formed, I think uh, we'll see. So that would probably be my first one is seeing some merging, some alliance uh, coming together so that impact can be greater and the reach can be farther. Uh, the other thing that I I think I would say is, um, it, it's, so I'm sort of self-serving, but given my position, but I think we'll see more uh, associations uh, create growth positions um, to focus on that. Uh, we have um, a senior manager of growth strategy. So how are we going to grow and build and, and, and making sure it's intentional and purposeful uh, in all the things that we do, whether it's in the partnership space, whether it's in the product space, um, vendor space, how are we going to do it? And I think we're going to see more of that. I think it, there's more of it in the in the for-profit world for sure. But uh, I think as we think about the association world, that would be one that I would see. And, and probably uh, finally, you know, I, I, I'm going to say I believe that events will, will look a little bit different. Um, you know, vendors, attendees, um, the world facing this financial reality um, that places, a, I think, an awful lot of stress on the overall strategy and execution of events. So uh, I think how uh, they're used uh, will be a, a really important, uh, how they look um, financially, where are you putting out to execute those and um, what is what are you really trying to accomplish and how do you do that? And, and then why? So I think that would probably be my my three uh, that I would say. And so to follow up on that, I guess, how do you see the role of associations and society changing over the next, I don't know, five years, decade? You know, um, I, I, this, I would say, I'm not sure if I see it changing rather than uh, seeing it acknowledged. Uh, I, I sort of think associations uh, play a critical role uh, currently uh, without being seen or better yet, without being funded. Uh, you know, some could say that the, the role that the associations are taking in any given uh, place is uh, some responsibility of the government 
in areas. And so we go out and play uh, critical roles for our communities every day. And, um, and, and you know, we find ways to, to fund that. And, you know, so I, I think probably a greater um, visibility uh, to the greater public and, and hopefully to uh, those who are leading the country uh, of the vital role that associations play. And, and when you think of in terms of some of the uh, policies uh, that are put in place and restrictions, uh, that sort of hopefully they'll, they'll take notice and, and ease up some of those things that allow us to continue the, the great work that associations all over the, the world are doing. Yeah, that, that's great. The other day I was, um, it, something was on the television, all of a sudden I heard AVMA mentioned, and I'm like, hurried up. I, I, you know, I told my kids, I'm like, shh, like, I got to hear this. They're like, mom. I was like, but somebody just mentioned an association. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really interesting. They were doing some like youth, it was like an, it was really interesting because they go and they catch and they euthanize pythons, mm -hmm. like this club yeah. thing or whatever, whatever. And, but they were, they were saying we have to do it a certain way because AVMA and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. so, um, so every, anyway. Every facet of uh, our society uh, associations are impacting. Um, and, and I think, you know, we just have to have a, uh, I need our leaders around the, the world to, to really take notice of that, uh, especially in the emergency nursing space. I mean, yeah, for sure. We're, we're the gateway to um, someone uh, getting an access in healthcare. And, um, you know, it, it's vitally an important role that we play, and, and we understand that, and, um, and we'll keep charging forward for emergency nurses as we, yeah. we go through it. Well, absolutely. Well, Terrence, thanks so much for joining me today and for your great advice. And thanks to our listeners and hope everybody enjoyed this episode. So if somebody wants to um, get in contact with you, how can they do that? Through LinkedIn or what's the best way to get in contact with you? Yeah, on LinkedIn for sure. Uh, they can also uh, give us a call over at um, ENA. Uh, it's so long since I've given a phone number, 847 460 4102. I did it. Wow. Look <laughs> so, at that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I love to connect. Uh, I love to talk uh, to others about what's happening in our industry and learn together and grow together. Uh, we're doing great work and we don't corner the market on it. There's other associations. So, I'd love to continue to build and, and grow partnerships. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Terrence. And um, I, I appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.